0: Crimson Tower Studios.
1: Welcome to the Old World Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Warhammer Fantasy roleplay and the original podcast to bring you both discussion and actual play in fourth edition. I'm one of your hosts. Lance and tonight I'm not only joined by my co hosts Matt and Steve but we're also joined by a very special guest we'd like to welcome to the show someone who may have spilled more blood to bring you fourth edition than anyone else he's a designer a developer a producer and a writer for Woofrup fourth edition oh and also the man that runs the company he's the CEO of cubicle 7 Dominic McDowell Dom to the fans Welcome, Dom, and thank you for joining us tonight.
0: Thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm delighted to be here. So, Dom, why don't you tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do in the gaming community? So, uh, yes, I'm uh, Dominic McDowell, and I run Cubicle 7
2: Entertainment, um, and we are the current publishers of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay um cubicle seven's been around uh when well, i founded the company in 2006 so uh, was that 14 years come december um the company would have been going uh which actually sounds a bit crazy now i'm saying that out loud and uh, yeah over in that time we, we published over 300 books and then a load of card game dice games and accessories and things like that so um i'm not quite sure what that measures out as in bookshelves but that, that's quite a quite a few bookshelves there isn't it yeah
1: um i've seen the uh, bookshelf so... behind your recent recording with those beautiful mm. i was just i'm jealous <laughs>
2: <laughs> it does look lovely doesn't it it's yeah. um yeah the uh uh Donna and Kieran and the team had set that up for I think it was sort of recording the Gencom videos yeah. for for Gencon yeah. online but yeah I walked in oh that's that's good <laughs> <laughs> that looks absolutely lovely
0: <laughs> yes
2: so yeah we, so we're publishing Warhammer fantasy roleplay at the moment and uh, as well as that we are also publishing Warhammer 40k uh, roleplay Rough and Glory and um, the Age of Sigma role-playing game, Soulbound, and uh, Doctor Who role-playing game, and the Lone Wolf Adventure game. And we also do a load of our own homegrown stuff as well. So, uh, you know, we're all sort of like, big gamers from from way back so uh, we have way too many ideas bubbling around at any one time so awesome. uh, <laughs> um, so yeah so you, the um you know things like victoriana and uh, we did a lot of and stuff and things like that so uh, all good fun things yeah and if you um, don't
1: know listeners to a, a personal love letter of mine which unfortunately you guys don't aren't doing anymore uh, the One Ring. So, if you have some old One Ring books laying on yourselves and and have fond memories of it, like I do, that was also Cubicle Seven that did that. So,
2: absolutely, yes. No, that was. Uh, I think that one, one of the obviously being in gaming for a while, I've got a few sort of career milestones. But yeah. uh, be, being the guy that brought Lord of the Rings and D and D together for the first time is definitely yeah. one of the uh, one of the things that I'll cherish. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Awesome.
0: And hey, 14 years and counting is pretty impressive. I mean, I know in the gaming industry, you know, you start a a publishing company, there's no guarantee that you'll you'll have that Mm. kind of staying power. So 14 years is great. And from what we can see, there's no one in sight
2: no absolutely no we've been um, you yeah, know seems to be going from strength to strength touch all the wood available to touch but uh yeah we, we've um how many are of us are now there now there's has um, got 20 full time staff and um over 100 freelancers working with us uh we've got some you know, amazing amazing people on the team um yeah i'm just i'm just really like i, I look around and i'm just you know very kind of um, humbled and, and honored to be working with such a great bunch of people. It's uh, yeah, they're they're fantastic. <laughs>
1: so, but you can say what you want, Don, But I know the secret. The secret is, is you get to tell your wife, "Honey, I gotta go play Warhammer. It's for my job."
2: <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah and most importantly i now have a warehouse for my games <laughs> There we <go>. yeah. <laughs> uh, as as probably um everybody would like me to stop <laughs> using the warehouse for my games so that we can put cubicle seven games in them as well so uh yes i'm from wales originally and i'm living in ireland at the moment and i've been a gamer for as long as i can remember Way even my Lego had rules that required six sided dice um to uh to resolve my had Excellent. A, the Rob mm-hmm. <laughs> the ca- Lego Castle and Robin Hood. Yes. And I had a whole um yeah, I had a whole system for resolving combat and lots of um, I think it was Lone Wolf game book inspired like price lists of things that you could <laughs> buy in the shops and that particular rabbit hole of geekiness went pretty deep now i'm thinking about it so uh yeah that that was um I, yeah, really as long as i can remember and then went from there yeah the lone wolf game books and the the fighting fantasy game books and then my um my cousin simon lucas worked uh, with pinnacle for ages and uh, been involved in all the great savage world and deadlands and stuff like that and um, he worked on neverwinter nights as well for a while as cryptic Cryptic, I think. But anyway, Simon, uh, we went around to his house one day, and he was there painting these miniature skeletons. And I'd never seen anything quite as brilliant as this in my life at that time. So um, I think he he um, he did a stint in Games Workshop as a mail order troll as well. And I remember just being absolutely delighted to be able to ask him to get some things for me. So uh, yeah, yep. that was. Um, uh, after that introduction then i think was, it was talisman i think it's probably my first kind of games workshop game and then that went from talisman to blood bowl i think was the the next one nice, that's uh, a <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't know anything could have could have been next, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think you know Blood I think was the first one, and then um, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay and Warhammer Fantasy Battles. I got rand about the same time, and and well, pretty much everything from that era, really. You know, Dark Future and Space Hulk, and, um, oh, and Space of course, you know, 40k, and yeah, just just oh, such good games. The original Mighty Empires as well. I played a lot of.
1: Oh yeah. Um, Yup
2: that was great. I still got that around
1: here somewhere. <laughs> oh man. The uh, the second one they did with the, the updated tiles, the tiles were beautiful.
2: Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Actually, I haven't dared try and paint mine yet because oh. it's it's like I think getting any. You know, if I mess it up too much, then finding any replacements is yeah. going to be very expensive on eBay. Right. So, <laughs> and the the planetary empires on well, the forty k version that's even Ooh. harder to get now. Yeah. I, I didn't pick it up at the time, and I think oh, go. I'm kicking myself now.
1: Yeah, this uh, that is one of the ones that I like is always in my cart, and I never put by, and it's one of my big <laughs> regrets. Right. So definitely,
2: so if anybody out there knows of uh, a <laughs> horde of those in any, any local store, then let's know, and we will fly there to get. them. Nice. So <laughs> 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 yeah, so it was up was the uh, yeah my first role playing game. I mean, I played some of the yeah like I said the, the game books and things like that, and uh, oh, there was one that I kept um, I can't find at all that was the, probably the nearest. It's, people keep saying it was advanced fighting fantasy, but I don't think it was. I think it was something else. But um, yeah, Waffle was my first true RPG. And uh, living in in Wales, um, actually a little village, um, we didn't, I didn't really know any game groups. So the, uh, I think that, I think I've said, I've said this to you guys before, but it's the, the worst ever game of Warhammer fantasy roleplay was run by me age 10 from the rule book without any sort of idea of how these things are supposed to go. <laughs> Yes, that was, uh, oh, was it the Affair of the Hidden Jewel I ran? Um, that was the very first. Yeah.
1: So I just had, like you said, the Lego thing. Uh, Steve and I, when we were young, um, Steve and I have known I each remember. other for a really long time. We did this Stephen of the Staff. Yeah, we that had, was actually really good. Yeah, it was like we did like our own role-playing game before. We didn't know that that's what we were doing, but that's basically what we did with Legos. So. Lance yeah, had this excellent. whole
3: quest with Legos where, you know, dice rolls, stats for every little miniature. It was really <laughs> cool. I could find secret tre- treasure chests, things I could add to my staff.
0: It was just really cool stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I just, it's,
2: it's, it's literally building your own
0: world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Leg- yeah. Legos are incredible. That's one thing that my daughters love Legos now. I still love Legos. If listeners can't see this, but behind me on my shelf back here, there's a oh, awesome. Lego R2-D2, BB-8. This is the... <laughs>
1: I think Posty I see March, Hogwarts.
0: The Simpsons, the Simpsons House. Yeah. This is Hogwarts. There's a whole lot more, actually. Oh, brilliant. There's a, the Tumblr from Batman, the Lego battle <laughs> from 1989. Like I could literally go on for hours talking about Legos. <laughs> you should see
2: uh, the, the, the C7 office. Um, oh, as, I, as, I, as, I as,
0: hope uh, to someday and revel in – Absolutely. Uh, go. Oh, yeah. right. oh, yeah. There we uh, go star
2: destroyer and a b-wing just behind oh, the, excellent. Uh, the, the monitors there it's uh, yeah
0: <laughs> i have always found that lego seems to be a crossover in the gaming world whether they yeah. connect at all it, it doesn't really matter just the fact that they're <laughs> just still all within the same gaming nerdy geeky yeah. you know Grouping, so Good I managed stuff.
2: to resist the Stranger Things set. Um, oh, that's that, a cool! The, the, set house too. the Upside Down, yeah, I may regret that choice. <laughs> regret <laughs> that willpower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the other part of um, of gaming that that was I think early on really you know um, really important to me as well was just that sense of community that you get from gaming and then the the groups. Um, I was having a bit of a tough time in my childhood at that point and. Uh, finding the my it was the pretend YMCA Games Club was absolutely just just amazing. You know, just finding a group of like-minded people. And there's something about, I think about gaming in particular that um, it's, it's it's just fantastic, isn't it? You find that group of people that you you click with, and uh, and the games that you, you play together are amazing. And going from that to the University of uh, Plymouth I went to, and, um, there was the the Little Goblin Banana Republic was the the games sock there because obviously you know just calling it the plymouth games club was just too boring so the joining and then later becoming the el presidente of the, the little goblins was really? again, just nice. like, you know, an amazing group of people um yeah absolutely fantastic and that's something that you know, i'm really delighted that we've got you know in cubicle seven now we, we have our um, have have a great bunch of people to to sit around and play games with as well as make
1: games with. Yeah, it's, it's great i'm jealous i hear a lot of origin stories coming out of the uk of oh there was a a thriving gaming community, and uh, mm. I feel like we don't have that as much, at least in our section of of the states here.
3: Yeah, we're coming around. It's just slow. Yeah, it takes decades, mm. or you know,
2: it's, from, from things take time see, to grow here. It's it's a different kind of um, balance. Right? Like I think I think that there's um, you know nowadays there's a stronger online component of that right. as well, which is you know, which is fantastic, and the. Um, the, the convention and the convention gaming scene is um, a lot more of a tradition i think with, with you guys
1: right yes
2: so it probably depends which stores you're close to as well because i know you know, there's some of the um, there's some great stores that that have great local you know they run a lot of events and then build that community around themselves
1: right and no, and sure. we're more spread my understanding i've not been to the uk but my understanding is we're essentially more spread out too uh, yeah. and so uh, like I remember when Steve and I first got into Warhammer, it was like an hour drive to the closest place that could provide miniatures or cool. anything. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. City, city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That
2: definitely makes it harder, doesn't it?
3: All right. Before we move on to what we've been up to first, we'd like to thank our outstanding Patreon backers. Their generous donations helped to make this show possible.
0: First, we'd like to thank Ego gear brought Thank you so much, Ego.
1: Thanks Ego. Um, also Jesse Cole. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you.
0: Yes, Jesse, uh, thank you very much.
1: Chris Little, thank you. Thanks, Chris.
0: Chris. Yep, we appreciate your support very much. Also, Craig Bunce. Thank you, Craig.
1: Thanks, Craig. We appreciate it. And, uh, and this one, Garblad Games, uh, they've actually been uh, with us for a long, long time, but they just upgraded to the uh, $2 level. But uh, I think we've mentioned them on more shows than we haven't. Um, good friends of ours over there at Garbleg. So um, Pete and Garbleg, uh, thank you guys.
3: Thank you so much for your support. If you'd like to join these fine examples listed above and buy us a beer or some tea, be sure to hop on over to our Patreon page and support us. For only a couple of dollars a month, you can help us continue to bring you discussion and actual play in the grim and gritty world of Warhammer fantasy roleplay. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash old world podcast.
1: Excellent. So uh what kind of gaming have you guys been up to this month? I'm just shaking my head. I <laughs> <laughs> Nothing? Oh man, no. Not much at all. Yeah, so I basically broke my foot, so I I haven't done any gaming either. Um I'm uh, getting ready for a Warhammer game today, GMing that. Um hoping my nice. pain my painkillers will take me through. But uh other than that, I mean I guess I have played some Final Fantasy Four and it feels like I'm playing a lot of Final Fantasy lately, and it's because I keep injuring myself. So I find myself s- stuck on the couch or in bed. So what are you going to do? Why do I
0: feel like that That might not be a coincidence? Like, <laughs> oh, gosh, Jessica, I can't no. do any work today. My foot hurts. I'm just going to play more Final Fantasy. So you the to thing that seems to Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's like Lance, will, he's willing to break bones to get that time.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Be like, and the third time I broke my foot, I beat Final Fantasy 7 and ten.
2: <laughs> uh, well, it sounds like I've been luckier than you guys. Anyway, I've been um, we, we've been playtesting uh, Power Behind the Throne, which oh, I think we're in yes. the end of now. So um, that's been absolutely fantastic. And I am the grass champion, and yeah. um, I am dispensing vigilante justice left, right, and centre, even yes. though I have been asked not to. Quite severely by the <laughs> watch commander, but you know, you know, it's just like yep. sometimes you've got to dispense that vigilante justice. Yep. <laughs> I'm not really a vigilante if I'm the grass champion. I've got like what's some authority? I can exercise it randomly and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
1: So my players made sure sure they had a noble in their group so that they could justify anything they wanted.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we never needed to worry about status. We never need to worry about income. We never need that.
1: That's good. good. (laughs) We just written off that
0: Steve's family has an endless amount of money. Perfect.
2: (laughs) I'm getting us through on the moment. Yeah, The moment I'm getting us through by uh, anybody who questions us, I just fix them with a steely glare and say, they burnt our boat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so, uh, they? you should record uh, these and then once the enemy within is completely <laughs> released then you can release the the playtest video
2: yes. mm. so that was the i think that yeah that's the missing bit isn't it we can wait before we publish it because we were thinking oh maybe we should but oh, there's so many spoilers in it obviously right. that um yeah, uh, yeah, that that would be um, counterproductive. But um, yeah, maybe maybe we could keep those for for the <laughs> for, for later. <laughs> for
3: the, for the historical record. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Great. So, yeah, that. What else have I been playing? I've been playing. Um, uh, actually, I've been playing a fair amount of Total War. Hmm. I I complete. Actually, no, I didn't quite capture everything in mountain blade war, warlord but i was i've got all the cities and all but a handful of villages so that was kind of tying up for me um so i moved on to total War. i'm doing actually total war one empire playthrough at the moment uh, which is going rather well
1: nice yeah i just picked yeah, up what else i Go picked Penguin. up total worthy uh, a few months ago and realized that after like playing it for 12 hours straight or something like that i'm like oh i gotta stop or, or I'm never going to get anything done. <laughs> it's addicting. Yeah, <a> it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good game. Why does Steam have to mock us with that like total hours play, played thing? Why yeah. <laughs> that just seems cruel? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, did you? What gaming you been up to? Oh,
0: yeah, I I think I've actually talked about this game before, but I will pretty much take any excuse I can to sing its praise, and that is a game from Greater Than Games called Spirit Island. Uh yeah, yeah yeah. The more I, the More I play this game, the more I think it's one of the greatest achievements in board game design I've ever experienced. It's so hey. good. Saying a lot.
1: Dang it, man! So like you keep recommending these games, and now I have to buy it. Tell you what,
0: you just come to my house and we'll play it anytime you want. <laughs> uh, so in Spirit mm-hmm. Island, you play as these uh, these spirits, gods almost that are on this island and worshipped by the inhabitants of the island when invaders come in and they're coming in to colonize and to explore and to with them they kind of bring destruction in some ways they blight you know the more the, of them that there are the more the land gets blighted and it kind of reminds me of the of the movie Fern Gully where like uh yeah yeah machines come in and they bring like this black tarry like you know the natural wonder of this island is being threatened you play as these spirits and you're you need to balance um like getting your presence and expanding your presence on the the island while at the same time playing different power cards that you have that every spirit starts with some but you gain more and they get more powerful and the whole thing is you're trying to destroy the invaders but you're also trying to generate fear and you know expand your presence and and help the the original inhabitants of the island it is just we played it uh, three times yesterday and it, there's so much variety in gameplay and it's such a such a thinky game and one that requires an incredible amount of cooperation and strategy I just I can't get enough of it It's hmm. absolutely one of my favorite games of all time sounds great okay. so check that
3: out. yeah yeah and that's saying a lot for matt because matt you only have a couple games there right i mean yeah only a couple, couple rooms
0: couple a couple hundred rooms, rooms full of games yes yeah. a couple Dom, your,
1: your shelf with all the books on that's matt's shelf with games board games yeah so
0: excellent yeah i have a few and spirit island is definitely in the on the top of those nice
1: all right Right. So, uh, this is a part of the show where we keep you up to date on Wolf Rup and related news. We don't have a lot to go over, but we do have a few things. So, um, you want to get us started, Steve? So, uh, we got the Dev Diary
3: 12 has been released. It's a good read. I've um, got the new Ubers Right PDF that got released uh, as Double Trouble and part of the Ubers Reich 2 releases, right? It's going to be $3.99 on drive through RPG.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm uh, yeah. wondering, are we going to see the artwork for Uber's right Two cover anytime soon, Dom? Uh,
2: yes, the something the um, I don't know, I would not I won't make it up off the top of my head. The, I know it's in progress, but um, yeah, Poddy's got it in the hand.
3: Okay, it's <laughs> good. And there's also one more. Uh, it's Your Funeral PDF has been released as well. Uh, that's three nine ninety nine. That's a good
0: that's one. A, yeah, It's Your Funeral is super neat. That was the one that. Uh, was a collaboration with the people that participated in Graham Davis's seminar at Gen Con last year, of which we were in that uh yeah, yeah. seminar. It was super fun. I noticed that we're not listed as honorary uh writers on that, which <laughs> I'll say I'm a no, this slide. no. <laughs> but uh, it was so, a lot of fun in that seminar, want- and I remember when you know, after we were done with it, just talking about it and and uh remembering some of it we talked about how fun it would be if that actually became a uh a adventure module that we could run and seeing it in official print now is really cool
1: yeah there's some there's some really cool pieces to this adventure that i don't because of spoilers i'm not going to mention but like i remember <laughs> sitting in that room with graham and like the ideas were flowing and like at one point there's one i like there's a couple ideas where i'm like oh my gosh that's amazing and sometimes it 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 helps to have that collaboration right like you might bring ideas out you hadn't thought of before and i can tell you that i really like i either want to run or play this this is this one's at the top of my list right now of um if we're going to do a one shot off of our main storyline uh definitely one i want to uh, get in there because and plus the map i just want to point out so we're huge map guys and the map is good And and please, we love. uh, We mentioned this to Padraig when he was on the show too. The having a GM version and a player version, especially Mm. with online play. Thank you, and they did that here. And it's just it's nice. It's one of those things that really helps you, you know, bring you in uh, to the world a little Mm. bit. So great adventure. uh, Glad um, it's useful. It's uh, yes, yeah, so
2: it's something that you know, we we are we are, we are always listening to um, to feedback um, and the you know one of those things as well. I think that is easy to overlook, isn't it? With with um, where I think we, we we have it's it's not that we weren't doing that in the past, but we weren't doing it on everything. Right. Um, so yeah, just having that feedback from people and say oh great yeah absolutely we can do that we can include the uh, yeah the, the spoiler spoiler free versions of the maps right. um, as well.
1: What well, and it's not and it's not just like Cubicle Seven. I, mean, I can't tell you the number of game systems where I've I've run and there's a beautiful map that I cannot show my players because it gives yeah. it, it gives everything <laughs> away. So yeah,
0: yeah. I also like to take a second and just comment on how excellent the cover art is. Yeah. for it's your funeral.
1: Yeah. It is
0: yep. unmistakably Graham Davis, yes. and there's so many fun little um, <laughs> little tidbits thrown in there. For example, the candles on his hat are just. Yes. <laughs> Such a unique design choice. I uh that, that piece is really excellent.
1: I and that's I will so cool. say this yeah, that was... a, it's a Sam Manley piece. Um I, I so you say, know, yeah. yeah. You know I've been digging in um to this when I can recognize a Sam Manley now by seeing it. But like I cause I went and I tweeted, Sam, is this one of yours? And um I don't I don't know what to say like it just like I immediately saw that's Graham that's Graham in the Warhammer world like man what an honor and then Sam Manley does such a good job like uh, we we were talking we talked about this when we saw it when we were all talking in our own personal chat about when the artwork was revealed and we're Mm -hmm. like man it's just like look at all the the unique pieces that Sam puts in there to just Warhammerize it like it's Yep. yeah. Have you no, played, Sam, have you played this
2: one? Ta- no, 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 I haven't no? played that one. No, no, we've, we've been, um, yeah, Enemy Within for the last little while. So uh, um, we haven't taken too many detours. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that one is still a surprise for me to play at some point, which I always try and make sure that, you know, don't, don't go through everything in right. a fine
3: comb. <laughs> right. I was about to say, you pretty much know every hook, every storyline. Yeah. There's much you, <laughs> yeah. not very Often, much you don't yeah. know how it ends. So,
2: I have, to, I have to purposefully make sure that there are some things I can keep as a, a surprise to play
0: through.
1: Awesome. Um, also, physical product. I just wanted to mention in our last news section and stuff, we talked about a ton of stuff. Um, we've. I've since gotten a bunch of physical product in hand, and, and I think we only mentioned it briefly. But I just wanted to mention, like, for example, in like, uh, like the all rolled up tray that I, I had just came in. And I got mm. – personally, I picked up the uh, – The the Red Skull, which I'm – that's got to be an Orc Skull. And uh, they're just – they're great for um, online play and, like, the the product quality. So here's something – and, Dom, I I promise I'm not trying to butter you up or anything. But one thing that we constantly (laughs) can say, you know, uh, every company has good and bad things and things they struggle through or whatever. But quality of product is not one of Cubicle 7's problems ever. I've never gotten a product from you guys no. that has not been beautiful and just like to touch to feel like it's good quality. None of your books have fallen apart on me ever. And trust me, I mean I'm I'm holding my fourth edition book and it is beat to crap and it's it's still holding together. So um just uh it just I wanted to say like I got the the GM screen, we got um the uh Uber's Reich part 1. Um, we got the enemy within books. Um, they're all yeah, they be. amazing, amazing quality, and uh, we say that every time we get a thank book. You. But I just want to say it again, like to the man that's you know in charge of that, like thank you for providing. It makes it easier to wait for the product because when you get it, it's just so good. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, that's that's really nice of you to say. It's it's really important to me. Um, and I think I think you know it's one of the another one of those things where. You know, as a gamer myself, I, I'm making stuff for me, you know, really. Right. It's, uh, so it's really important to me that it, it, it's, it's well put together and, and it's you know, just like the best quality stuff that we can, we can make. You know, I mean, with, with, the, um, uh, with, with gaming generally, you know, it's not cheap. Um, right. So the, um, I, I want to absolutely make sure that it's, it's, it, we're providing amazing value. You know, and part of that is just the best quality stuff that we 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 can. It's yeah, it's just really important to me. It's um, I think I've you know, said before that in terms of what Cubicle Seven is and does, yeah, you know, it's our games that that speak for us and our books and things like that. Yeah, you know, um, the um, that's uh, my focus is is just making everything as as well as we can.
1: Awesome. Well, and uh, I wanted to come back real quick and mention one thing before we move on to the uh, main topic here. But uh, the Dev Diary had a couple pieces of art for a couple of the BCRE pieces for the upcoming Death on the Reich, which we are just cannot wait to get our hands on that companion. (laughs) Like, the companion has been marked on our calendar. Like, we are rushing through the final part of our current adventure so we can get to the river. Um, That's how excited (laughs) we are. Um, But there are a couple pieces in there. Um, Like, one of them was... uh, an amoeba and just the Mm. artwork is is really really cool it just makes me more excited so one of those cool little nice things about the dev diary if you're on the fence um for for the record what pushed me over was those uh river miracles when i found out those were like there i was like all right pulling the trigger now (laughs) so
2: (laughs) no thanks it's um They've been very, yeah, they've been great fun to put together and it's nice. There's always some bits and pieces that um, uh, you don't have a place for and they'll uh, you know i think i think you know that they will they'll end up in in a published product sooner or later but right. uh, it was a, a, a nice little yeah. sort of like extra thank yep. you that we could get you know, away i hugely appreciate everybody's um investment in the collector's edition you know i i, I hope everybody agrees <laughs> when they get them that they're uh, <laughs> they're absolutely worth it and, and i think you know like i say you know the are good value as well the um the the extra touches and the um you know, the slipcase and the the foil. I mean, for me, it was I think the um, when we got the when well, I got the the first set through, and I was just sort of taking the books out of the slipcase and seeing the the purple edged uh, pages. Mm. Oh, this is amazing! Um, the um, and also the the handouts and the the envelope.
1: The handouts. Um, I didn't even know oh, that yeah. was a. I didn't even know that was going to be a thing until I saw your video for Gen Con or maybe Padre, ah, somebody, okay. and they're like. Oh yeah, yeah? and we can't show you this part. And I'm sitting there like I want to see it so bad. (laughs) So yeah, no, that's an awesome uh, the handouts. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to get my copy. So um, that's that's awesome.
0: I think you nailed it, Lance. There's a lot of you know folks will find a reason to complain. You know, for any variety of reasons. But one thing that we've definitely experienced with Cubicle Seven is that when we get the final product, it is it is exceptionally well put together and I, I haven't experienced anything thus far where that hasn't been the case. So right. hats off to you on, on keeping that, oh, that commitment <laughs> to, to quality and yeah. yeah, keep it, keep it going. I say We're
2: trying different, um, different things and different approaches as well. You know, we, we try and um, uh, you know, not get, uh, no, don't fall into, you know, get in a rut with, with what we're doing. So um, the, I mean, sometimes that, that ends up in some, um, unusual situations, like really, really with was like right. Adventures, where yeah, we, we, I really wanted to have a load of adventure support out as quickly as possible because the you know the 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 bigger books and the bigger products take time to put together. Sure. So uh, when um, you know, I'm, I'm always conscious of making sure that people have got access to some, you know, to to um, to, to adventures and some other game things that that helps, especially in the early stages of a game's release oh, schedule. Sure. We Found them with, with the Uber's Rike Adventures was that yes, it was great, and people they were, you know, they were doing really well. I think we were something like we had four slots in the top 10 drive through, right? <laughs> small products right. kind of thing. They they went down really well, but we were still getting a lot of people saying, I was like, I really don't use digital products, um, I, I only from um, from hard copies for you know, for a range of reasons, from personal preference through to accessibility issues or, or what have you. So, going to move from that. So right again, okay, we'll, we'll, we're going to collect them all into a book. I mean, by the time it came to Uber's right ventures two, we could do that from the beginning, which was much more straightforward. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's it's interesting. I think that the um, having that kind of uh, plans that we can adjust and that you know that we can listen to what people are saying and and, um, and, and react to to make sure that we're, we're, we're Providing as much stuff as in the way that people want to to get it, um, as possible. So nice. uh, yeah, there's uh, lots lots of different things. We'll, we'll still have some PDF only stuff from now, like the uh, um, monuments. Monuments.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Which was um, we we told Padraig <laughs> this, like that was just a great s- surprise. Like what yeah. we didn't know what <laughs> it came to expect. <laughs> yeah, and and it was just like so. Like you said, like you try to keep some stuff you don't like look at or whatever monuments when i realized what i was looking at or whatever i picked one the one that looked cool the coolest to me and read it and didn't read the other ones because i want to play them so (laughs) yes (laughs) so yeah yep it's good stuff man all right oh thanks let's Let's get on to the meat of the show, the, the main topic here. Uh, tonight's show, we're talking about the state of the game, right? So this month is marking the two year anniversary of the release of What Wop Fourth Edition. And uh, we felt that this was a perfect time to dig into the grim and perilous journey that has been Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay Fourth Edition. So we're gonna do a review of the last two years, uh, what there's been, what we what it's looked like, where we are now and what we have looked to look forward in the, in the coming years. So having Dom join us for this allows us to peek into the forges at Cubicle 7 and see how the game came to be as what it is today, and hopefully uh, maybe even see a glimpse of the future. So Old Worlders, pay your spies and gather your academics as we review the current state of Warped 4th Edition on tonight's show of the Old World Podcast.
0: So, Dom, what is it about Wolfrup that makes it your favorite tabletop role-playing game? I, I mean, I assume it's your favorite. That may not be the case, but why is it <laughs> one of your favorites, at the very least? Oh, absolutely. Um, yes, yeah, so it was my first role-playing game, and I, I think that, that that does give
2: you a, a certain... I don't know, it's always going to have a special place in your heart, I think, the, uh, the game that you got to grips with first. I think that it's uh, the wonderful mix, I think, of... Can see that can see our own worlds and the roots of it. I, I think that there's uh, that, that gives it a wonderful grounding. I think that it's you know it's absolutely a you know that the that defines uh, uh, your defined fantasy world, but you can see those, you know, the little sort of like glimpses. I think that the, um, I read something once that um, Jervis Johnson had said about the, you know, how they used archetypes um, when they were designing a lot of um, of Warhammer um, and, and Warhammer 40k and, and a lot of their other games, but just like finding those um, concepts that say a lot with, with a few references and um, very cleverly using those then to... Um, to give us a load of shortcuts that we can latch on to for to to really understand what something's about and uh, you know, I, I think that that really helps i don't know just like really feel like you know a place by drawing those sort of like sometimes subconscious parallels with with things in, you know from our world and from history and things like that so uh, i think you know it's very well put together i don't i just i i get it <laughs> and um it's uh, it's somewhere where i feel like i've been i think that uh, yeah that there's definitely that to it and i think you know any any setting that you have such a, a long kind of history with, you know, personally as well. You know, it goes back to saying that, uh, you know, it was um I was ten when I started getting into uh, into that sort of thing. So it yeah, you have that long personal history with a setting and it's it's part of your story as well.
1: <laughs> that that encapsulates probably my experience with Warhammer as well. How old were we, Steve, when you introduced it to oh, me?
3: Oh, we're talking nineties, early nineties? Yeah, um, you know when Don <laughs> mentioned like the troll mail or- or- yeah, order, yeah, I remember it's getting our first big box.
1: Yeah, the big troll uh, yeah. box. Mm. And
3: we spent in for our age and what we didn't have a jobs. We spent a fortune. And right. We got we we got our miniatures. So we were doing lizardmen and dwarves at the time. Yeah, and, I remember yeah, those just- days.
0: And now here we are, 30 <laughs> years later, still spending a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: yeah. My first White Dwarf was 104, which was the
1: um, first Realm of Chaos book coming out. Ah. I wish I remember yeah. what
3: was my first. It was.
1: No, it was the one with the Skaven and the Lizardmen battle report in it. It's still to this day, I think, the best battle report uh, ever. Well, I don't remember what number. back in
3: the day were awesome. With yeah. the maps where you see where the units were moving. Yeah. Yup. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Stuff. Tale of Four G- Gamers. That was Tale one of, four of my gamers. favorites. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah I never really like, made this uh, connection until yeah. somewhat yeah. recently, but I my introduction into gaming was through Warhammer as well, but it was in the form of Hero Quest. Yeah. And you know the fact oh, that yeah, literally yeah. the first gaming like tabletop gaming memory I have was my brother opening that for Christmas in like 1993, I want to say, and the whole family sitting around the table, you know, for the next two weeks every night playing at we'd eat dinner in the living room because Hero Quest was still set up on the <laughs> dinner table. That's awesome. Yeah, and, uh, yeah so yeah, Warhammer is really well ingrained in all of us.
2: Wish I still had my copy so, of that. That's sadly oh. long gone, but the, um, oh, the bookcases
0: and the, you know, the furniture was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. That, that set a dangerous precedent for what my <laughs> expectations were when yeah. it comes to board games. <laughs> like, well, you give me a little token, like, I don't want this crap. I need a small <laughs> bit of plastic and some folded <laughs> cardboard and I'm sold. It is great... Can I
2: stick rats on the top of
1: it? Right. Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: we need to get
1: that on the table. Maybe that's what we'll do. Before. Yeah, we do. <laughs> All right. So we got the past of Wufferup the past two years and what we have going on. So two years ago. Right before Gen Con, like a day or two before we were driving up to Gen Con, I remember getting our PDF and getting my cousins to come over and we need to play this right now. I haven't even read the rules. We got to play it. And it, like I, I stole my kids' Kindles so that I could everybody could have a copy to download. And, and as we're working and doing character creation, um, it was a good day. That was two years ago, and that was the core rule book. And it's gone through a few iterations since then. There was a collector's edition as well, which is I have one. It's beautiful, the leather, the leather bound, and the magnet case. And so, and and this is my problem, right? It's sitting in in like a reverence place. We we've made comments like like I need to hire a guard for it. Like like I'm never going to use it to play with. Like that would be sacrilege. <laughs> I, I'm going to buy other. But it's uh, yeah. So that's where it all started. Wait, which number did you get? Oh I don't have it memorized. Ugh. Uh, that's I, it we're feel still, terrible. We're still looking for uh-huh. who it's not <laughs> the, number um, one. I'll can... tell you it's not number one. ah <laughs> so no, it's like it was like four uh, the, um, something four two forty something. something I don't remember.
2: We published uh, 1,986 of them to coincide with the year of release of, of the game originally, so 1986, and they flew out. Um, it was it was amazing. Yeah, we had quite a few. Um, obviously, we, we offered it as part of our pre-order, and then we put a certain amount into um, and for distributors to, to put out to game stores, depending on how many they said they were going to take, because you know it's an expensive thing to put together. You don't want to have any left over. So right. um, obviously, it's a big decision, and um, it started off. I was thinking oh well what's you know what's you know you want you want people who want to want to get a copy to be able to um you know you don't want it to be so that's another way i approach those sort of limited editions is that uh, you know trying to keep them you know that it it adds a lot of cost quite quickly so they um you know they proportionally they cost a lot more than standard standard Yeah. yeah but at the same time i don't want it to be too expensive i want it to be you know that kind of um Oh, absolutely a luxury but not like ludicrous kind of um
3: like uh, gold foil <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: so i i try to i try to work you know, make sure that it, the, the end the ending and uh, the price that we we need to charge for to make it work is no you know isn't more than double the standard, you know the standard edition so that that tends to be the kind of what, what i tend to work with I mean, it's sort of a bit of a loaded an affordable luxury kind of price rather than crazy stupid limited edition price yeah initially i was thinking oh we're we gonna do 500 maybe maybe 700 something like that and then when you know even the feedback that we were getting and the you know, when the pre-orders were coming in it became you know it was obviously going to be a lot more in demand than that so um, so even then as it was you know when when realizing i had to do more then. Obvious number was the year of release, obviously that's that's entirely logical and right. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. But uh it was uh even even with increasing it to, to those sort of levels there was um a lot of yeah, you know, a lot that we, we, we could have probably a lot more, but I think, as well for a, for a limited edition, it's got to be really limited as well. There's no point having it as a limited edition and then doing millions of them so uh, yeah. yeah yeah that's um that that was a, that was really interesting, actually just seeing like well, how do you do these things it's, we haven't done that sort of thing before, so that was the only one on us and and again, really, I'm just making i'm making the things that I want <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> but yeah. um in a willy wonka kind of um style. Uh, we didn't save any specific numbers for us. So number one is out there somewhere. That that just went out. Oh, so okay. um, yeah, so that's um, we, we have we haven't heard it from the person who got that yet. So if wow. you're listening to this and uh, you you got number one, then do let us know. We'd love to love to to hear where it ended up.
1: Man, that's very so cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> story. All right, hey, so uh, go ahead. Steve.
3: Well, hey, I. I was about to say, you know, before we go on too much on the state of the game, you know, what we have so far, I just want to, ask, since you've been a fan of for, for so long, and uh, can you tell us what your original thoughts were for, or your original goals as well, for four, fourth edition, when you absolutely. began, you know, when you asked GW, hey, this is what I have?
2: Yeah, absolutely. No, there, there were a few things, actually, that, that were bouncing around for me. I think that the, I, I wanted to to make sure that we really captured the uh the 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 things that were really jumping out at me when I was getting into the the game for the first time. So um I wanted to capture the the feel of all the wonderful, you know, the buildings and the cityscapes from the illustrations, that kind of way. I think that, that they, they did so much to really um ground me in the Warhammer world. I think I think that there was something mm-hmm. um something about the fantastic elements added on to the sort of like those familiar kind of late medieval and Renaissance buildings and things like that that really kind of know set my imagination soaring there were some parallels with that with kind of like new age art as well but um yeah i grew up just across the board in wales but it wasn't too far to get to glastonbury which was a center of of new age things in england uh I mean, all things new age tended to happen in glastonbury so i used to love going there and had all the you know, amazing bookshops and uh because uh, you're Glastonbury Abbey which is sort of built into the um, um to some of the the Arthurian mythology and um the Joseph of Arimathea planted his stuff there apparently and that grew into these 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 thorn trees <laughs> there's loads of really sort of like esoteric stuff um and uh, yeah just fantastic and one of the things I used to love about there was all of the new age art which I think you know kind of chimed a little bit back in with uh, with some of that early uh Warhammer, um, especially the, the the environmental art, the the buildings, and things like that. So um, there there was a definite vibe I think that I I got from up when I was getting into it that I wanted just to try and and capture some sense of as well. Uh, so yeah, in terms of the you know the aesthetic, obviously you know we're um, Warhammer's developed a lot over the years, and um, the you know we, we want to make sure that we're we're presenting the most up to date version of it as well. But it was those. Um, some of those little details and some of the, um, the, the the bits, which you know have been present in the art um, throughout the, the the you know the life of, of of Warhammer, some of them I think you know you need to double down on a bit more for Wufferup, um just to make sure that you're giving a sense of the world that is, as it's lived in by you know ordinary people. So uh, that that was where where some of that which, some of that came from. Uh, now in terms of the game itself, uh, for me Waffrapp was i can just never get away from that stat line um <laughs> i think i don't know there's just something about it that for, for me is is very waffle- up and you know i guess that, that that comes from my experience of having played it in that format but uh, um i don't know it just seemed like a very warhammer thing to me i think especially when paired with the advancement schemes and stuff like that i, I think there's um there's a lot there um that that was that was very waffer up for me so um i didn't want to go a million miles from that I think that the, in terms of the, looking at the basic game system, you know, I wanted to, uh, for for me generally, I think that the, um, I, I like systems that are as unobtrusive as, as possible, really. I mean, to, I suppose to, to a certain degree, I, I think um, I still, you know, really do value a kind of um, uh, an internal logic um, to games and uh, some kind of. I don't, know, I don't know where I'd sit on the kind of like that, that spectrum from um, narrativist to simulationist and things like that that people have said, but I I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I have been known to announce the results of an action before the dice roll
0: <laughs> has <laughs> actually
2: stopped. <laughs> I did get in trouble for that once at a <laughs> GM, um, but I knew that what <laughs> the awesome thing that was about to happen, <laughs> and it was too good to let dice get in the way. Um <laughs> That's a, I'll write that <laughs> That's down. That's too good to let nice in the <laughs> <a> way. <That's... laughs> um so uh, uh yeah you know I, I think that you know when we when we're playing games we are telling stories um and I think for me that the uh, the system needs to be you know it, it it's it's that kind of it's an impartial adjudication of um of whether action will or will not succeed. Um, it needs to to and you know, to not get in the way of the fun and the flow of the game um, as much as possible. You know, there are there are always going to be subsystems and things like that that you need to have in there that will need to have some degree of rules to them in order to um, allow people to make sense and um, and yeah. and also I think you know, it gives some structure to how how that particular part of the game may develop. The, um yeah so so one one of the uh the things I wanted to do was you know, once I'd settled on that we were going to go back to the d100 system for fourth edition um I you know, I think that the um uh, I wanted to make sure that we were speeding it up as much as possible I, I think the mm-hmm. w- one of the, the things that that I find um, it sometimes gets in the way of the fun is combats that run on too long um, or boringly failing actions yeah, that was definitely something I wanted to address. So that—that's like, for example, that's that's where the roots of the advantage. System, are. so yeah, I wanted to um, have a system that um, that sped up com uh, sped sped up fights. Um, so first of all, I brought in the opposed rolls um, just so that you yes. had thank something you.
1: happening from each exchange. So opposed rolls is probably you. Be my favorite. You. I think Steve um, described fight dancing. Yes, described it best <laughs> is fight dancing. He's like, let's go fight dance with these orcs because we'll never hit each other. So yep, <laughs> round eight. No, wanted... <laughs> no one's <said.
2: laughs> it. I wanted to do. Away with with that so well, um, just... <laughs> yeah. um now in the initial in the, the the initial iteration of it it was um that there the, um there wasn't a limit to taking damage in your go so um it was going to be even more of a, a vicious kind of uh, um system where yeah where basically you 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 might initiate the, the, the your act or your, your action to attack um, and damage was was taken if your opponent won. So um, the, the original nice. iteration of it was um, was even more deadly. But again, you know, with with you know, the aim there of trying to speed things up. I think once we we tested that a fair amount, and it was a fair yeah. No, I think I think we were all pretty much in agreement that we should not let people take damage on their, you know, your action shouldn't result in a critical hit to you. Well, else, you can still get a critical, you can still have that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that was the, the, um, the, sort of like the limited bit that
1: we allowed to stay in the compromise. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, um,
1: I, um, yeah, so. I will tell you, we, we love that. Like when you swing the sword and you end up getting a critical, we, we have, <laughs> that is some of the best, narrative like we go okay how did that happen right and man you can come up with some really fun descriptions in those times so i think it worked out yes.
2: <laughs> excellent that that's uh no i I'm, I'm 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 happy with that i think the uh and then advantage uh, which has been obviously a bit more controversial that one again just to speed up combats is like you know i i think that for for me combats to to end up the way they're going to end up anyway um and the advantage system just gets you there quicker i think that the it was very important obviously to to build in the the ways of draining ad guy advantage so that there's a load yeah. of you know, different ways that you can do that the, you know, so if you've always got somebody there with a ranged weapon, so right. that if someone's turning into a bit of an advantage monster, that you can get rid of that.
1: I'm curious, Dom, um, in your guys's game, do you uh, hmm. do you limit advantage at all, like with the optional rules?
2: No, no. Um, wow, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's. Um, I think that you know that the you've got the the initial few rounds of combat are so where the drama happens. Uh, often after that, it becomes mopping up. And I just rather that happen as quickly as possible. So, you know, sometimes you do go, oh, God, this has got... Um, I am now the unstoppable killing monster. Um, <laughs> I think I think I ended up with 13 advantage, actually, fighting some Skaven oh, recently. <laughs> and um, obviously, I was killing one a turn. But um, yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, I'd be fine with that as a GM as well. I think, right. you know, that... The, uh, but by that point, obviously... The fight's not a challenge and right. you're just hacking through it and there's lots of good description going on and it's just fun you know i think especially when you get into that and you're like you you know pretty much unless unless they can get a ranged hit on you or, or something then yeah those clan rats don't stand a chance but that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> in the first couple of rounds of that fight, I was worried, <laughs> but um, yeah, just you know, a couple of successful defenses, and uh, I was like, all right, okay, this is going my way. I think the fight, you know, I think the fight would have gone pretty much the same way. I might have taken a few more hits, but I think in in terms of how the game plays, and and I think as importantly how the game feels, um, for me, it's not a problem. Uh, if i I find it hugely more fun than hour and a half of whiff
1: right I can tell you like one of the biggest strengths that we think fourth edition has is the slew of optional rules that allows you mm-hmm. to like tweak it a lot of people like and, and it's one of the funny things right most people that play like d and d that I know they all have their own house rules already right like so you just made it easier and like hey, Here's a house rule that's basically tested. You know, so, like, for, like, in our group, after Steve's character almost died from a zombie, we decided to limit to initiative bonus on on advantage, and we find that works really well for us. But I I can see, I know there are people that, like, limit it to, like, a a flat number, or people that, like you, that just go all out with it. And, I mean, hey, man, if that's your game, that's awesome. So
2: yeah no absolutely.
1: Yeah. it's um and that's
2: that's um i probably should have started with that one you know so what what the original plan was you know that the very most to the top of that list was, was it's your Warhammer. you know we've all got uh different things that we prefer different ways that we prefer playing um, different facets, even of the setting that we, we prefer to to emphasise and things like that. So, the um, um, I wanted to yeah, provide a load of options for people to tailor it um, to play it their way. I totally get that. You know, yeah, definitely. Um, my thirteen advantage um, dualist on a rampage through the sewers of Midtown isn't to everyone's taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and I totally get, and, and, and that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I, the um, um, and and hopefully they can use the the optional rules in the book you know either limiting it to initiative bonus or or whatever you know that the you know it was really weird this is funny the um it shows that nothing's new the advantages when i when i'd come up with the advantage rules and i was kicking around the basic version of them and I can't remember. I was looking back into first edition for something, and then realised that it was there. <laughs> I don't remember ever using it as part of first edition, but obviously it went in, you know. And these things come out. It shows we all stand on the shoulders of giants, doesn't it? It's uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah. You know, if people want to you know, limit it to one, that's perfectly fine. Um, it's whatever, whatever, whatever means that you end up with a game that that has the that internal logic that you can get behind. Uh, you know, it, it's that—that's what we're all here for. At the end of the day, you know, we're we're trying to provide something that that will let people have as much fun as possible in the way that they want to have it. You know, I'm not—I've never really been too dictatorial, right? Uh, yeah. Well, do, this is how the fun is organised. Um, <laughs>
3: you know,
2: just do do things that you enjoy. Um, the rules are so your fun yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um so yes yeah, so so uh the that that was that that was very top yeah very close to the top of the list
1: of what I wanted to do with fourth edition well, that's awesome And... And one of the unique things, maybe not unique, but um, one of the things that Cubicle 7 does with pretty much every release is, you know, they get it out there in PDF first, and then it allows you guys to do any tweaks or, like, if we find mm-hmm. any decent holes or something as a community, you know, you can be yeah. like, ah, oh, yeah, that's a that's a fix we need to make. Or um, I know with the yeah. core rulebook, that had more than some of the others. Um, like, I know things mm-hmm. like, uh, it, there was a good long time for us to kind of digest some of that. And like, uh things like I know uh bandages whereas things that we all had big long discussions about and bleeding conditions and you know some of the ways that crits are generated and stuff which helped to make the final product better and I think that's yeah, absolutely that's a that's an important piece of that and that's something I enjoy I also enjoy being able to get my hands on something i, I, I I almost like I get the release twice, right? Like I get that companion book in PDF and I go <laughs> in it and then I get the physical book and it's like I'm experiencing it again. So obviously you didn't stop with the core rule book. Um, we got lots more that you guys have released. The next item, once the core rule book was, was squared away, there was a starter set. And this is, uh, correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, but this the starter set at least done this way was, was a newer thing for Cubicle 7, to do um you guys really stepped up what i've seen product wise come out with this starter set it has a the guide to uber's Reich book which is just amazing um so much like uh story hooks in there and and maps and it's great stuff um and then you know the adventure book which also has what matt and i like to refer to like as modular encounter adventures there's just enough there that you can run a really quick adventure if you want on some of those um extra pieces it's uh, it kind of built as part of a sandbox, and I know TS wrote the main adventure on that. Um, yes. We love, we love TS.
2: <laughs> He's great
1: <isn't> Yeah. He? <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's a man that I could talk Warhammer for an entire day with, no problem. <laughs> but, but uh, one of the things I wanted to ask we, you, we have
2: to, when, when we're having our conversations, we have to keep an eye on the time, otherwise, hours pass.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I, uh, one of the one of the questions I wanted to ask was, what are some of the unique challenges that you faced? I know that I know from your guys' communications and stuff that you had wanted to get the starter set out to us quicker, um, but you had a lot of unique challenges. Mm. This is a new thing for you guys. What did that look like for you guys?
2: No, I think it was it was there was a lot going on. I think I think that was probably the. Um, so we, we relocated to Ireland um, in mm. the, at the end of July of 2018. So um, there was you know, all the the relocation and then building up the team here and um, yeah. So uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a really really busy time. I think that the um, uh, which obviously is a distraction. You know, where when you know. It, it, with the best will in the world, and yes, we all work remote. You know, um, we can all work remotely, and, and things like that. But um, there was just a huge amount going on, I think, which just adds in the you know, the odd delay here and there. And I think that yeah. probably all, all adds up. Yeah, I think with with the the, the starter set in particular, that, that it was um, kind of the second iteration, I'd say. So with the first um, the first starter set that we had done recently was the, the Lone Wolf adventure game. So, well, the first design of a true starter set. Now, for me, I think starter sets mean different things for different people. And for me, it is, you know, something that not just um, introduces existing gamers to your game, um, but also something that feasibly could be used to introduce people who haven't role-played before to role-playing, you know, as well as the um, the, the, the setting that you've got. So um, that's the first thing, though, that I wanted to do, that, that I want a starter set to do, is be a true introduction. Um, and something that people can t- pick up and play. The second thing, as well, is that I wanted to have some, yeah, lots of value after you've played through the initial adventure. So, um, like you're saying, with with the the what for up starter set, we have that. Um, uh, we have the the, the big adventure that, that teaches you how to play as you go, uh, and then we've got ten. Um, full page adventure seed. so you've got um, a load of gaming material uh, to, to a little development um, that you can run, and then on top of that, the uh, the the Uber's guide, um, and that was one thing I kept kept on kept on going on and on and on and on about until everybody was bored. It was adventure hooks, adventure hooks? Are there enough adventure hooks? More adventure hooks here? <laughs> well, um, I are can... absolutely, absolutely dripping with it.
1: Well, I can tell you that. Uh... Like, even Pete over at Garblag, uh, I know he grabbed the, in his third seasons, right, so they had already been playing several adventures, and then they grabbed the starter set and used that Uber's right guy to build a, a, another adventure, right? So, like, I mean, mm-hmm. there's veteran role players and veteran wolf rip people that... Found immense value in the starter set there, and plus, I mean, even some of the stuff that I haven't seen much before. The trifold concept, um with you know, here's here's how mm-hmm. you choose your character, but when you open it up, there's secrets, there's more. You don't want to know this yet, yeah. you know. Just some, um, I think uh, the secrets were one of our favorite things to come out of that, and just oh, this, they were right yeah, little bitty things that uh, the starter set was. Uh, I mean, we did a whole episode. We had TS as a guest on and. And it was uh you know, we talk about it in depth, but and uh it was very exciting when we got that one. Thank you.
0: I feel like the guide to Uber's Reich is maybe the one of the best resources for GMs that has been released so far. That there's so much more information about the that location with Adventure Hooks as well that uh anytime that I run it, any Warhammer game, I find myself going back to that book to just get a little bit more information about the you know, the setting whether you, you tie it in directly to Uber's Reich or you just use some of the information that's in there right. for uh, you know, and customizing it to your own setting. Uh, it's that is a, an excellent resource and right. a great addition to that starter set.
1: Right. Like I was thinking Thank like, you. oh, we're gonna there's gonna be an apothecary shop in this town that my people are going to. Let me go read the apothecary shop in Uber's right guide because that'll give me some thoughts and ideas of maybe you know, what this should look like or mm-hmm. whatever. Or I just steal it right out of there and put it into my setting. So Yeah, yeah, good stuff.
2: No, thank you. Very
1: kind. (laughs) So obviously, we had the the starter set. The next big release was the Enemy Within. The Enemy Within is a five part, ten book series. And uh, I remember when you announced this, I was like, "Oh man, they're not holding back." They (laughs) the the five five of those books are the pure adventure, and then you have the companions, which. I can tell you, when we first got our PDF copy of the Enemy in Shadows Companion, we were just so geeked. Um, Matt's a huge table person, so when he saw the corruption tables and the mutations and all of that in there, he was in love. Just good stuff. And as a GM, we salivate over that that kind of additional content. And it's one of those things, I like how you did it, because it's basically, if I'm never going to run the adventure... And I just, that's not my bag, which it's the Enemy Within. Why would you not want to? But maybe you're, you're not going that epic, right? Um, the Companion, I could just pick up the Companion and get tons of good stuff. That's super helpful. The travel rules yeah. in there are mm-hmm. a big thing that we've used in our games already. And uh, just an amazing thing. So from the Enemy Within, we have the Enemy in Shadows, which is the first part of the Enemy Within. We have the Death on the Reich, which is just released. And... Just uh, amazing artwork on that as well. Now the Death on the Red Companion as of this recording has not released yet. Uh any chance we're seeing that next week, Dan?
2: Yeah, I've I've um, it's one of the things I've I've learned the hard way about 17 times is um, <laughs> never get too specific with release dates. Yeah. And even though I know this, I'll still say like, oh it it'll, it'll, it'll definitely be out by X. Right. Then, I don't know. Will happen uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like, fair enough um i think i tend to be on the optimistic side sometimes as well despite my um uh yeah, yeah just again despite learning it the hard way but uh, i mean mainly because we we, we want to see it we want to see it i wouldn't see it out there i love you know love it all. but anyway the um uh yeah, the enemy within, I mean, within—I mean, it's been a fantastic opportunity to do it. As I was um, in the the early planning process, it was you know, just thinking about what. Well, I just realised that about thirty years on from the um, from the the initial release, it was thirty, and realising that you know, obviously, I think that I'd hunted down a couple of those on eBay over the years, um, and it's such uh, such an iconic role-playing you know let alone a campaign you just rpgs generally is one of the greats it's up there um with you know with, with anything else that people people talk about so um i thought we had a real opportunity to to present it for you know for a new generation really
1: did, were you nervous Which, about reaching out to graham davis on this like did you um, know him already uh, or yeah
2: we we'd um we had we'd had a couple of chats um he'd done something for our cthulhu things in the past and of course you know that the um but with somebody that you you respect a lot and yeah, it is always a little bit yeah definitely it was um i was oh yeah i i i think i felt very yeah i felt very passionate about it so um, maybe that kind of like got me over the nerves but um uh i was just so delighted when he said that he'd love to be involved um in, in the, the director's cut it just felt really right for him to be doing that it's uh, you yeah, know he does such great work um that it's always you know, it's always great to have Graham uh working on on your stuff uh for this project it just felt right you know um so obviously i'm delighted that uh that he he agreed and yeah it's been fantastic i think i think that the um uh one of the things we realized fairly early on was that um you got the enemy within but but, but part of what had um had really helped to to get Wuffer up or help to establish what as a game um, and the the old world as a setting was, was the setting information that was in the enemy within as well so that that was partially where the companions were going to be coming in because so we knew that we wanted to expand a little with with the enemy within and um, we wanted to provide people a lot of, again provide people with a lot of options for keeping it fresh maybe if they've run it with with their group before um that they could just give them loads of opportunities to mix it up make sure there's still surprises um yeah give, give them those options to, to to make it a different thing to how it was last time for them so um we knew that was going to take up a bit more space and um that we would have been building up certain things so yeah, those, yeah there was like there was
1: those grognard sorry. boxes i think yep. is kind of what you're talking mm-hmm. about is is something That's that right, yeah. i think it's so it makes it for me as somebody as i could run this as a gm but i could also still enjoy it as a player because i don't know what's going to happen yeah. right because the grognard boxes like i that's designed there to tell your gm hey i ran the G- the enemy and within once here's a brief rundown of what happened i'm your player yeah. S- surprise me and and i think <laughs> our favorite i've said this on a couple of our shows but one of my favorite things that graham has said about this uh is you know those grognard boxes are designed for a gm to punish you if you think you know what's yes. gonna happen so
3: I was gonna ask how many players have been surprised like I know it's gonna happen oh yeah. whoa <laughs> yep GM yeah. just smiling oh, behind the screen
1: awesome so um <laughs> Obviously after the enemy within that, we obviously got uh Rough Nights and Hard Days. And that was one of the first things that we mm-hmm. got that ended up turning out to be an excellent book. We had Graham to talk on about that mm-hmm. as well. It basically a reimagining of what he originally did with like Rough Nights and the Hard Feathers, and then he built it out. With additional, right? So, Graham's been involved in every Woof yep. edition, right? So, he combined it all together in a nice, neat yes. package, which really enjoyed. Plus, again, the maps in that book are amazing. Um, I really enjoy the castle on that one, <laughs>
0: yes. And
1: gnomes was one of the and um... gnomes, yes. Stop. absolutely yeah
2: yes. <laughs> that was one of the that came from the again with those early early decisions yeah. where we were looking at you know the enemy within and obviously it's a big undertaking right um so i, think I i've been musing about all oh, you know we could do with having a bit you know some again so just some adventures for people to play um when they've just got the rule book um and graham said well you know i've been kicking this idea around like yeah it's perfect excellent
1: And the, uh, the, the appendix and stuff in there too. Um, I think pub games is Mm -hmm. one of our favorite, like I am (laughs) as a GM, I'm so careful now when I take my, my players into an inn or a pub, because I, I know that there's a potential of a two hour derail because we want to play some pub games. So, (laughs) but, uh, good stuff in there as well. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, we had uh, the Game Master screen that's come out more recently, Mm -hmm. so I know that is one that we had been waiting for a while, and Mm. we are very excited when we finally got it. I got mine, actually, ready to go for a game I'm going to run today. Um, Right? (laughs) Yeah, right in front of me. But again, the, the booklet in there... I'm so glad you gave us the doomings and um, the, the dooming chart that that's something I use it in character creation giving us motivations and um, ambitions like a list like they, some people just some people are really good at just coming up with that but some people aren't and having a list really helps. Mm-hmm. this is a you know a GM I will say this and, and there are a lot of games out there where a GM screen is good for you if you're gonna run a game but might not add much more than a place to show you rules. And Mm -hmm. this, with the motivations and the traits and the dooming, um, right, 90% of your characters, if you're doing them at random, are going to need doomings. So I, I think having all of this really helps to build. And then, of course, the... I forget the name of the table, but the you meet in a bar, right? Like tying your characters together in a random way can really yeah. spark role play as well. We actually just talked about this with Podrick. So, <clears throat> Game Master Screen came out recently, and it's uh, if you are going to run more than one session of of Rup, I would argue it's uh, a a need. It's uh, it's well worth the money. Yeah. So, well, thank you.
2: No, I, I agree. There's a lot packed into it, isn't yeah. it? I think, um, yeah, that's. And uh, I, I agree. Just, just sometimes it's it's that bit of inspiration that, mm-hmm. that helps people. Ah, I know what I could do. You know, just seeing a few examples and a few sort of um, yeah worked out bits.
1: Do you produce these in Ireland? The GM. Uh, no, the,
2: the the screens are. We we do most of our printing in Lithuania. Um, oh, okay. So uh, yeah, actually, the, the the boxes for the starter set and the the tokens are they're made in Ireland. Um, and then there's a Cartamundi that used to be part of Hasbro. Um, they've got a, a factory um, in Waterford, which is mm. right at the the bottom right of Ireland, as you're looking at it. Um, so the, the the printers in Lithuania made all of the the insides. Um, you know everything that's inside that cellophane packet that was made in Lithuania. The dice were made in Poland, and they were all shipped to Ireland, where they they made the box and the token. Um, punch sheet, uh, assembled everything and shrink wrapped it, and then sent it over to the states from from
1: Ireland. Okay, we talked about the game master screen. We talked about adventure books with rough nights and hard days. Obviously, there's ubers Rake Adventures, which you've already talked about with the you know individuals that were released as PDFs. They ended up being put together in a book, a beautiful book mm. um, that then uh, you know, and they're all connected to so you can run them either way, which is a nice addition. Uh, there's Uber's Reich adventures too, right? Which we've mentioned too, like deadly dispatch and double trouble, uh, have already released for that. So the releasing is individual. So, um, and one thing you can buy, like the book on cubicle seven, you'll get whatever PDFs are currently already released for it. And as they continue to release, you can continue to get them. So that's a, that's a nice way for you to be able to do that too. I know there, there is one guy I've talked to. He's run everything you have except the enemy within. And his his players go, I mean, they must be playing three times a week, I guess. I don't know. But like he's he's afraid <laughs> to start the enemy within because he's he'll catch he's afraid he'll catch up. So he's trying to find other stuff yes. until until uh he feels like there's enough enemy within that he won't catch up to you guys. So um but this is a great way, right? Uh, uh lots of new PDFs coming out for that. And speaking of PDFs yeah, too lots of stuff, Adventures afoot in the Reichland. There's a, a a PDF right there. Like if you want to make your own stuff and need ideas, tons of story hooks in that, and it's a great little. I like how it actually uh, does different bits and pieces. Which the other day I realized there's actually a story hook idea in there for Zonstadt, which is funny because our entire game is built around Zonstat. So, Knight of Blood. <laughs> Uh, Night of Blood is a, um, on a one of those old first edition ones that was remade for fourth edition, um, mm-hmm. and that was a nice touch. Uh, I think we it's called the Old World, Adventures of the Old World, I think is, is what that one was called. Which uh, are, will we expect, so I know we're taking, there are adventures that are reimagined and have made it into companion books, right? Yeah. But are we going to eventually see any additional, like, first second third edition adventures built in to the pdf release sort of like night of blood is that on the drawing board or yeah, so the
2: um uh i think we'll be concentrating on new stuff uh so I, there's yes some some bits as you say are getting into uh, will be featured in companions but generally we're looking for new stuff at the moment
1: okay that makes sense so other PDFs like Buildings of the Reichland, which I know that there's a companion uh, kind of adventure set that you guys announced, um, which will focus on being able to provide adventures with those locations, which is a cool concept. Monuments of the Reichland, we just talked about in our last episode, and in a little bit here too. It's a it's a great PDF um, that gives you adventure hooks in, and I love. Anytime you write the word secret, it works in Warhammer. So here's the monument. Yep. Here's the secret. Excellent. I'm sold already. I don't even know what the secret is. The fact that there's a secret, I'm sold. Let's, let's do this. And then you guys even put out a free uh, fourth edition conversion rules as well. So yep, on top of all handy. that, you guys released a bunch of first and second edition PDFs.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've um, managed to to get a fair few of, of things that that haven't been available for a while. Yeah, um, yeah back out for, for people to, to to pick up, which is which is, again, I think that's 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 awesome. It was something that goes uh, with with a history like Woffrup. Um It's really nice to to be able to to let people have a look at some of the, the things that went in the past without having to. Um, go and uh, get a get a loan on hitting ebay <laughs> right no
1: and that's a that's a truth i i am curious do you guys have any intents to putting uh, third edition i know that's a little more tricky with the way third mm-hmm. edition is built um
2: yeah yeah that the that, that's the the main thing that's that gave us pause really was, was just that if people were to um you know to, to not really know anything about it and and um to 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 pick up the core rules or something like that then they wouldn't be able to get the dice um easily. Right. So um I think that we just put that on the you know maybe that's something to to consider at a later date. But um yeah what do, what do you guys think do you
1: think that's is that something people would like to see? So here's here's my thought. I've actually give this a lot of thought. The dice piece is tricky, but mm. the, the, all right, so it depends on how much solution you want to give, right? Because like I've seen companies where they'll release like a PDF where you can print them on like label stickers and put stickers on a normal die Mm. or something like that. Um, You can use conversion tables for dice, but the tricky part with third edition is half your rules are on cards. So the question is, is how much right for a first Mm. or a second edition adventure, right? Or book, you can just scan the book and be done. But for a third edition, Mm. Half your rules are on cards, trickier, right? And that's that's where I struggle because yeah. I picked up third edition stuff just and some of the writing and artwork and and stuff is excellent. The concern I have is oh, there's some great stuff in there, isn't it? right? Yeah. Right. But what? So I don't know. I'd really have to think about it. Like, unless you're going to provide like scans of all the cards, or the amount of work you would have to be to convert the text to cards to something that you would add. Like, I'm wondering would it be worth the time and money that it would cost you guys to do it so Mm -hmm. to to answer your question if you found a way to do it i think there would be lots of interest but the question is is would you generate enough revenue like i'm being very businessy here but i'm being honest with you would you generate (laughs) enough revenue to make it worth your effort and i don't know because i can't think of a super easy way to get that text Um, that's on cards which you need together unless you scan all the cards
3: like, is it worth the time when there's so much to be released
2: i guess but but well, that that's why i right. sort of pushed it you know kick, yeah. kick the can down the road um right. because i thought we had a lot of other stuff that we you know that the right. um, you should do. That, that we should hang on with first um but um yeah i, I think for me it all it comes down to um there's a way of doing it and that it, that it adds for people, then absolutely, you're know, more than happy to. Um, but if there's a risk of it being, if there's a risk of it being, being a disappointment to people because they, they don't quite get what they need to play it, or I mean, maybe it's just a case of massive disclaimers, or right. exactly. Right. What you would need to do to to play, I don't know. Because um, at the same time, I don't want to, you know, um, say somebody's got a load of stuff for third edition already. You know, I'd like them to be able to have access to bits and pieces that they don't have. Absolutely. So that's that's the other sort of argument for it. Well, that, so, um
1: Yeah, I suppose watch the space really, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I know of a lot of people that are continuing to play first and second, but I don't think mm-hmm. I know anyone actually in an active third edition game. And oh, okay. That doesn't necessarily mean they're not out there and stuff like that. And I know a lot of people will mm-hmm. buy that old stuff, the like the first edition printings, because it's not all that difficult to convert it for a fourth edition game, right? Where yeah. third edition is a lot more tricky. Yeah. All right, so that's that's kind of the state yeah. of where we've been, and so so where we are now um, is is we're we're looking at the uh, Death on the Right companion, hopefully right around the corner. I know that that that's uh, been mm-hmm talked about. And, uh, we just had the death on the Reich a few weeks ago. Um, so, uh, we expect that soon. Um, but, uh, beyond that there, man, you guys put that article out and you're like, Hey, here's 18. I think it was 18 (laughs) things that are coming down the line. Yeah.
2: This is where, where I overlearn my own, you know, my own um, previous mistakes. So, um and, and uh and start to cause concern the other way so <laughs> i think if i do that that balancing point so because you know if i don't if i say right we're going to do this 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 um then uh people you know want to know when and um, it's mm-hmm. almost like as soon as you say it you're late with it right it's really weird oh, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. i was promised this in 2018 it's like well, you <laughs> right. we said you were working we- on it
3: <laughs> we heard about it in 2017.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, right. um, but with some feedback that we were having from people, I started to feel i have gone a bit too far the other way, and people think, "Oh, they're not going to make anything." You know, there's nothing in progress, and mm-hmm. I like, oh, I don't. Know. I'm not quite sure if um if I you know, where the sweet spot is for that. Um, because you know, I totally get you. It comes from a point of passion, and I'm really, you know, it, it's um, I totally understand where you know people want to. Um, to explore more of the of the old world, and uh, it's one of those things where it, it can be it can be it can be difficult sometimes. I think um, just when when you are working on stuff and developing stuff, if um, it comes from a good place, but it can also come across as negativity as well. Sometimes that can sometimes be hard just it's, it's 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 a pressure you know it, mm. it's it's something that we're all sure. conscious of and i think you know especially when you you know we you know i know that the team's doing this, you know doing, doing is working well managing the the expectations sometimes of of um, uh, of people can be yeah, just just difficult to get right. Really, you know, we 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 want to yeah. do as much as as we can, um, and you know, sometimes there's there's just you know, sometimes things don't go to work according to plan, or or sometimes it's just that you've mentioned something, and so it feels like it's been in the ether for ages, whereas in reality, it was you know that was six books down the line, um, and you might have only just started element work on it, so. Um, yeah i don't know maybe we'll find the, the sweet <laughs> spot for that but there's loads of stuff in the works um and yeah, you know, we will um, have more release dates as we get um uh, as we get further along the line I and mean, I, I think that the um, one of the, the challenges for me as well is making sure that we've got you know everything everything working as well as possible and make sure that we've got the right number of people working um on, mm-hmm. on a particular project and things like that so i think that since um the i mean t- 2018 was when we relocated um, we were hiring from was August September onwards, twenty eighteen, and you know the the team's built uh, quite a lot since then.
1: The, the team is working uh, smoothly, so you're ex- you're expecting there to be less delays that would be controllable. Yes, that sounds good. So <laughs>
2: yes. And also the Cubicle 17 has been growing enormously. There's been, we've had a really good, um, you know, steady growth. I mean, really since the, since the company started, but certainly from 2000 yeah 2009, uh, when we could go full time for the first time, that was a big sort of milestone in stepping up. And then since uh, Doctor Who was released then at the end of, of 2009, it's been a, you know, a fairly steady and it's sometimes very rapid period of growth, um, which is really, you know, over the last few years um, has, um, I've been really focused on making sure that we, we, we genuinely have the, the size of team that we need to, to support um, a really solid release schedule uh, and to bring in a lot more reliability into, um, and we can say when something's going to be going to be ready and finished. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, if it helps, Dom, I, I would, I would tell <laughs> you this, right? Because, <laughs> as you said like trying to find that sweet spot is hard, and and no matter what you do, right, you're never going to make everybody happy. Somebody is going to look at this, and you know, like two years down the line, when that one item, everything else is produced, but that one item's still not done, right? And you know, you yeah. there are probably a ton of legitimate reasons that's not the case. They're going to be upset, mm-hmm. but the reality of the situation. So, kind of when I saw this, it, I almost looked at it as like. I don't want to say like a wish list, but dang, they're working on a lot. I don't expect to see some of these titles yeah. for a while. Oh yeah, but, long time. Um, but I will say do. this: yeah, yeah. when we got the update recently from Padraig that said, "Hey, this just came back from editing and it looks amazing," and I think it was the the Mittenheim book. Um, you know, is at this stage. Mm-hmm. Like, so what that told me as a fan is, wow, Mittenheim is much farther along than I thought it was. That's awesome. I'm excited. And Death on the Reich, okay, mm. so it's going to be delayed. And, and the reason is, it's because they're getting this new art and he explained it why. So, like, I am much, I felt much more able to, not that I have a problem with the release, but, you know, to forgive the delay. Like, that kind of information was helpful yeah. to me. Um, so, if, if, uh, I mean, I'm excited. Trust me, I would love for you to be able to tell me when we can see the magic book and when Altdorf is coming, you know, and things like that. But I realize you, you, even if you did know there's no way like i mean i do a podcast i know for sure there's no way i can guarantee even when an episode is going to come out so <laughs> um so yes, so no, i get absolutely.
2: it but- i i, I I'm a- i want to make sure that i'm not coming across as, as too whingy as well you know it's we, we really do understand that it comes from a from a place of passion and, yeah. and we really we really love that there's that passion around what we do so it's um yeah like you said, it's just trying to get that that spot right where we're giving people the information that they really want to know but we're not making a big sort of like future problem for ourselves as well of um right uh,
3: yeah
1: of,
2: of, of right. that um yeah uh, managing
1: expectations so so then to our listeners, uh, I'm going to go through a bunch of potential products that we're looking at for the future here to realize that none of this is set in stone. Um, this is stuff that they are working on. Um, so in theory, could be in a few months, it could be a year or two down the line, depending on when things happen. But what I'm excited about is that this is the stuff that's on their docket. Going through this, and uh, we talked about this in La- a few other recent episodes, so I, I don't necessarily want to dig into each tiny thing. But obviously, The Enemy Within. We're still going to have companions and Enemy Within books for uh, the next three books. You know, Power Behind the Throne, The Horned Rap, and Pyre and Ruins.
0: Lance, before we get too far into that, I, I am curious... This year, 2020, has brought with it uh, some outrageous <laughs> challenges and yeah. unexpected things. What are some, I guess, hard lessons that you've learned, Dom, or challenges that you've had to solve in dealing with the global pandemic? And, uh, you know, what, what are some systems that you put into place to make sure that you're able to keep up with these, this release schedule, knowing that mm-hmm. things aren't normal now and we really don't know when they're going to be normal again?
2: yeah absolutely it's been, it was a huge shock when it came in I, I was actually traveling at the time um through the us for the gamma trade show as, as all the lockdowns started happening so uh i was um yeah going through new york and seattle and uh very very glad to to get back home before everything stopped down everything all the, the flights stopped the um uh, just like that the, the global nature of, of, of what was happening which you know, I think still probably haven't got my head around completely but um it, it's been very you know it's been surreal at times um thankfully you know me and my family haven't been personally touched by it you know thank goodness and um the you know, it was just heartbreaking some of the stories that you've heard so you're know, operating in that is is difficult for everybody I think the first thing that we realized is that um you know, we were all in this together. I think that that was fairly early on. And I think um, I have that kind of belief that that we can get through it all if we work together. So, uh, you know, obviously moving people to working from home and uh, making sure that they had you know everybody had had equipment to, to be able to do that but just really making sure that everybody could um, um could do things in a way that that as best they could making sure that we we could uh, we could facilitate that yeah it was it was you know and then as a business owner as well obviously you've got the um you know you're concerned about um you know what what will it what will it do to the the economy and you know because there's also that that you know being able to to make Keep the business going enough to pay everybody and make sure that, that you can look after everybody that way as well. Um, and we were really lucky in Ireland as well; that the government support has been fantastic. So um, the uh, when when you know, well, a big chunk of our income comes from um, from the, the states, and also all the game stores were closing and distributors weren't ordering too much, um, so the the Irish government plugged that. That, that that gap for us we, which which was you know obviously a huge weight off for me you know that that mm. was yeah. um i think sure. to be, so that that made sure that i had the the headspace left to be able to do all the other things that we needed to do to deal with it so you know trying to refocus on digital content and trying to get more pdfs and um, things like that so you know the things that you can do to um, to, to keep a, a games business going uh, when you can't get stuff to stores <laughs> which is up a challenge really yep. so uh, you yeah, know it's certainly you know we, we already had plans for um for digital for, uh, virtual tabletops and things like that, but we yeah you know, th- those have been accelerated. Um, we should start to see the fruits of those fairly soon. So I know that there's a couple of things that are that are sort of in the testing stage at the moment that are looking really cool, and I think you guys be really happy. But I'm not going to
1: say any more um, yet. But um, yeah, uh, the... <laughs> no, I know virtual tabletops is one of our big question marks. We wanted to ask you today if if uh, yeah. we were going to see any support. I, I mean, is there anything in general about community support i know originally so back last gen con we were talking before this pandemic and everything hit i know cubicle 7 was looking at specifically doing more like store support right like trying to build community support for stores and stuff like that um in fact we have a a segment in our show that we've called uh feed your greater demon where we talk about how you can help support your your uh Fligus uh, or friendly local, local gaming store. So, what can we mm-hmm. look forward to from a community standpoint perspective, especially in this new world?
2: Yeah, so there's there's actually quite a lot going on, um, and we will see the fruits of it. So we will begin to see the fruits of it um, reasonably soon. You know, these things take time to do well, but um, yeah, some uh, certainly. You know, we'll, we'll, there, there will be some virtual tabletop stuff to look forward to. Uh, what we were looking at with with um, supporting um store play um mm. you yeah, know organized play uh, that one has gone into a bit of a back burner uh with the with the pandemic right, um yeah but that's still very much something that I, that I want to do um having a just that regular thing that we do um <laughs> try not to give too much away but uh, sure. yeah just, just something that, that that supports that regular play and um can help uh helped to give stores something to to run an event based around awesome. so yeah that's definitely i mean we, we cool. love uh friendly local game stores the uh my, my first was i uh, was actually long closed now um encounter games in cardiff and i still have a very um yeah that, that's uh, very fond memories of that place yeah it's actually i think the uh, warhammer world the exhibition is is um, definitely still one of my happy places <laughs> <laughs> Of going there, but um, yeah, friendly local game stores are are, um, how I want. um, In the ideal world, that's that's where I want people to um, to be to be getting our games, and um, engaging with other members of the community, and um, yeah, playing games and having fun.
3: Yeah, we we definitely agree because like our whole part, you know, we have a, a portion of the show here, like Lance said, you know, we we definitely we do realize that so there are so many players that they love the content, they love the books, but they have no one to play play with. You know, just connecting with groups makes all the difference.
2: Absolutely. So, uh, no, the more that we can do to facilitate that and and, and help support stores, um, I'm absolutely all for that. Um, And uh, that's something that we'll be be developing.
1: So besides The Enemy Within, uh, obviously we have a Middenheim and an Altdorf, uh, two books I am very, very excited about. Um, as a GM. Mm. I cannot wait to get my hands on those. Uh, we did get a little more information on Mideheim recently, so it sounds like that is farther along the pipeline than I had thought, but an Altdorf mm. book is coming. Uh, Archives of the Empire, there's two books here. Now, when I originally saw these, I immediately thought of like the, uh, and I'm drawing a blink on it, but the, the One Ring had this like advanced player guide that had like all the different extra yeah, adventure like, companion adventure companion thank you um is this kind of in the similar vein of thought or or am i thinking about this wrong
2: um it uh oh that's a good question no it is I'd, I'd say it's it's different um i think that the that, that what, what i wanted for the um the the archives series was really to have a kind of a bit more of a magaziney kind of um mm. uh, part of the line as well so somewhere where we could just throw a load of like interesting bits and pieces in and um yeah i, th- I think that uh, you, know, the, you know, i love all- i love the big books and you know those big in-depth kind of uh, explorations of a bit of the setting or you know with more rules and things like that but um i also really miss magazine articles that are sure. <laughs> sort of like five to six page kind of like just there's something interesting um and not necessarily yep. having all thematically linked to to a to a huge I mean, we have we have done that with the um the archives there's a general sort of theme to each but um uh, but yeah just just interesting bits and pieces um okay. that might, might otherwise have, have um spent a while waiting to go into an appropriate book cool
1: okay awesome so yeah. are you able to say are these intended to be pdf only releases or will they be books or do you guys not
2: know no, not books.
1: they'll be book okay great. Books.
2: yeah so archives one isn't um that's all all um written and the art's being done for that at the moment um again awesome. podrick's the the uh has his finger. you he's the, sure. the the go-to for the for the uh exactly where everything is but um um, yeah, archives is um, is mostly nice a lot.
1: Awesome. Uh, great. We have a career compendium. I have to admit, I was super surprised to see you guys announce any sort of career compendium. Usually you don't see a career compendium in a line until like the very end of a line. Right. Like it'll encapsulate mm-hmm. everything all in one piece. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see yeah. on this one. There's supposed to be unique careers in this as well that that hadn't been mm-hmm. seen before it was that's a plan. yep that's a plan cool
2: yeah i was going to say i think that the um we we thought that that doing the you know an expanded run through of careers rather than having them too much scattered through individual supplements was was a um, a better way to go on that so that that's where uh, why why that's happening there if you mean rather than to collate everything that's been released
0: I, I wish was the case in every system that i play because it's always <laughs> just a struggle to like oh you want to play this career this character class whatever I gotta. It's in what book? In one in? of these three books. Yeah. Let's pull those out. Let's see if it's <laughs> no, not this, not this one. No, yep. I, I, I yeah.
1: know that this race exists. I just can't remember what book it's in. Yeah, yep, exactly. so, so with the is the intent there to, to put it all up front. So, all right, I, I guess man and this might be asking too much so just stop me if it is right but like so for example i'm super (laughs) excited to get my dwarf iron breakers or my dwarf runesmiths i expect runesmiths will probably be in the winds of magic but um like iron breaker like is all that so instead of that being in like maybe a dwarf specific supplement is that career going to be instead in a career compendium is that what you're talking about
2: um I think yeah, the the idea would be to to get as much of it all in there as possible. I'm sure that there'll be things that you know we think of at a later date or like mm-hmm. you say, I, I can't remember the exact um line that we're drawing between like the magic book and the careers compendium um the i mean that that one's in sort of like you know earlier stages of development and sure. some of the other stuff so i tend to see it kind of like the concept stage and have my input there and then um and then i'll see sort of see it as drafts start coming back and as it develops so uh, i tend to describe myself as the interferer in chief um <laughs> so I think that's, that tends to be <laughs> so yeah with 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 a lot of the books that tends to be the uh, i'll be there saying right it's got to include this 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 and this and then sort of like i'll see it in a little bit after that that's had some work and uh, go oh no needs more of this needs more of that so that, that tends to be where i am i mean with um owning to you earlier on about uh, you know, not having as much time um to, to really get into writing huge amounts for, for anything anymore but um, obviously when there's a project that comes along that i can't help myself like right. the uh you know, Woffrup, um core rule book I know I still I think that my favorite writing that I've done is the um the intro part for that the um that the, like the official description of that part of the empire and then the, ah. yeah, the the how how it really is um I had great fun writing those awesome um, so I still get to you know say right I'm doing that bit <laughs> then, um but uh, but yes yeah, the uh Generally speaking, it, t- it tends to be the interferon in chief, so um, I'll uh, make sure that I know to answer that question better next time I'm on. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, but, yeah, career companions on the one, of the one of the ones in the earlier stages at the moment.
1: Okay, so Imperial Zoo. I know this is probably one that is super high on my list of mm-hmm. expectation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the second edition series is often regarded as one of the best out there, based on the way you describe it, are you guys taking any cues from the way second edition was done as far as the mm-hmm. breakdown of you know from the points of view
2: so um t s Lukat, who yeah. was um obviously did a lot of the um the second edition mm-hmm. old world bestry. He's taking the lead on this one. Yay! Um, He's sort of set his personal goal of.
1: uh... (laughs) I'm very excited (laughs) about that.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 coming together amazingly well. There's um, uh, there's so many spoilers. Um, Imperial is a TBC title. I should probably point that out. Okay.
1: Sure. Something else.
2: It's it's going to be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we're
1: we're really excited, (laughs) especially hearing TS um is is part of that too, because he did such a good job on the second edition um I imagine yeah. I'm sure he'll put his the same love into it I, I will say, forgive my shameless plug here, but one of my favorite things about the core rule book that so many other games do not do is I have a piece of artwork for every entry. I mm. love that do say what you will with that uh feedback, but um it is one of our favorite things so Oh, man, can't wait for that book. That's um, yeah, going to be great. One shots of the Reichland. So, digital release with short one session adventures in various locations and buildings of the Reichland from Buildings of Reichland. We mentioned this earlier. So, we're going to get some adventures to go with the building location book, which I think is really cool. Reichland Adventures, which is a different book, a series of adventures set around the Reichland. So, you're not kidding when you said you're giving us adventure mm-hmm. support.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's. Um... That, that's something that, that that's that's vital I think you know and, and even if people don't want to run, you know, a lot of, a lot of people will prefer to run their own adventures there's always you know, you know I want to make sure that there's loads of inspiration there's loads of um, things that that, that that people who maybe want to do their own thing can take from it as well so uh, you know making sure we've got those nice map locations and some you new know, interesting NPCs that could be transferable it's, right um, uh yeah there, there's uh, making sure that there's, there's good good quality content there that people can use as they want to
1: Absolutely. I know that our elf wizard is waiting for the winds of magic um, book. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> uh, I know that <laughs> yes. there's going to be high magic and amongst other things in there. So we talked about this a little bit already. Uh, things like runes of the dwarves. I'm so excited about that. I'm a dwarf fan if you haven't figured that out yet. You know, <laughs> expanded careers for all eight wizards, additional spells, um, alternate magic system. Man, just a ton. This is i mean is this this seems like it's going to be a really meaty book a lot in it yeah
2: that, that would definitely be one of the cornerstone releases
1: okay Absolutely. awesome
2: um it's huge and uh yeah yeah there's um there's a lot going into that one
1: excellent and then of course uh we already talked about uber's Reich too so i i think and that's that's a lot uh in, in very different right we have a lot to look forward to and a lot of different states of development as we discussed today too so um it's mm-hmm. exciting actually in our conversation yeah i uh several of the things you've mentioned are farther along than i expected them to be so um that's that's uh good to mm-hmm. hear hey uh dom i know the the zinch lore and rules in the enemy and
3: shadows companion uh was pretty thoroughly done you have any comment on if there's any plans for like more like chaos focused supplements or should we just expect like content within the other companions as well
2: yeah the um how we've been talking about it so far has been um i suppose the short answer is yes <laughs> <laughs> yes there are black
3: okay um, all right
2: <laughs> yeah i'm i'm not sure whether we want to approach it like um doing the book of chaos or whether but i think i, I i'd maybe like to approach it from a slightly different angle um for fourth edition. So um yeah we, we we're still having discussions about, about how that should be. Okay. But yeah, no, I, I think I think that uh yeah there'd be something awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> cool. Good enough. Awesome. All right. So I, I i expect the answer to be this no. But are we gonna see a a roof rip deck of cards? Man, with all that beautiful artwork you're putting on these special editions, I'm just saying. I'd buy. That'd be
2: nice. It? <laughs> that would be nice.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. We, we've talked about some, some things that um, that could work well as cards. Um, so there are some plans. Yeah. Um, awesome. The, um, yeah. I don't watch this space. They're they're a little bit. Um, they're, yeah, they're, they're ready to move off the drawing board. I think but we'll, we'll show a little bit more soon. But uh, uh, no, no, there's some, there's some really good um, things that, that Dexter cards can do to, I mean, to help speed up the game and to, sure. to help, to um, help the help GMs and, right. um, and players as well. So, definitely
1: that'd be good and then this is another are we going to see the uh, starter set dice ever like come out as a separate product or different colors or i, I you guys are so you work mm. with q workshop on a lot of beautiful dice yeah. and and so i just wondering should we be looking for more dice in wolf Rup's future
2: hopefully yes i think that's something that um kind of stalled a little bit uh with the pandemic but sure. um yeah we have we have plans to do some so uh yeah yeah hopefully hopefully i'll that's something that we need to pick back up but uh, i'd like to
1: excellent i mean Mm. that's uh, that's a lot that's a lot for our future we talked about the past we talked about the present we talked about the future
0: so dom what is your overarching vision for the future of WhoopRup, both for the rest of 2020 and for the 2021 and beyond Oof, that's a big question um (laughs) um i think the um you know, as, as
2: fans of the game as as much as creators, I th- I think the, the the overarching vision is to, you know, explore as much of the world as as we can, um and to keep providing you know amazing quality gaming material for everybody so that we can all uh, uh keep playing WaffRUP Up uh, forever. <laughs> yeah. Um that went kind of vague at the end there, didn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no no seriously the um uh yeah i, I, I think that the, the main thing is just you know, make sure that we we um that we keep doing a good job i don't think that we keep listening um and keep um keep listening to feedback and building that into our thought processes and and, and how we're how we're looking at things, think, you year, know, we're definitely looking at uh, more more community support kind of things. Yeah, I think that as a publisher, our, our first responsibility is to provide the the best game material that we can. Um, I think that the um, then following up on that, I think you know that the, how we can support the community to play. So, um, yeah, looking at those online platforms, looking at. Um, what we can do to uh to, to interact with stores and to to help them build um, good wofurap events. Um so uh yeah as much as we can do for as long as they let us do it. I think that's <laughs> basically it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I uh, I guess in conclusion I have to say the uh the state of uh Woof-Rup seems to be excellent. Uh Matt, Steve, any last thoughts?
3: I feel the same. It's excellent. I can't wait for your future products. You already have my money. Just <laughs> release them when you can.
1: <laughs> yep, that was how
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's that's definitely the case the The roadmap to the future with all the products that we've talked about today and have been listed in the past, I think was something that was really needed for the community the Warhammer community to feel like okay you know, there've been some unfortunate delays and some things have taken longer than we'd like, but that's that's always gonna be the case. But knowing that that there's no end in sight is puts my mind at ease at least. And like we said before, when we actually get these physical products in our hands, they're so above reproach in just about every way. The the quality of the artwork, the quality of the the way mm-hmm. it was edited and put together, every everything that we've seen so far has been excellent. So I think Wolf Rupp is in good hands. I hope so. I and and you know, it, it's in um it's in passionate hands.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Um the uh it's for other people to to, to judge the, the quality and things like that. But um what I can say is that um you know, we, we, we love up um and it's uh, you know it's it's really important to uh, to me and Podrick and everybody else on the team that we do a good job with it. And uh, yeah, I can't really say any more than that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. All right. Well, listeners, that's the end of our show tonight. Uh, thank you once again, Dom, for joining us. Uh, we really thank appreciate you. it.
0: That's been good fun. So before you go, one of our favorite questions to ask, and one I think our listeners really like to hear as well, what is your favorite experience you've ever had in a WoofRup game? Well, that has recently changed. Oh.
2: And so, from I would have said up until a few maybe a month or so ago that um it was it would still have been my um hideous preteen wish fulfilment character. Um <laughs> Gilfenas, <laughs> the name stolen from other IP, um, who was um uh, yeah, he went through everywhere, he was a targeteer, he was a war dancer, he was um he was basically death on a stick. Um and even though that's like you know atrocious min-max thing, still I was, you know, I was eleven, um, and there there'll always be soft but <laughs> fond feelings there. But that was before I became graphs champion. Um, and that moment when I beat Dieter to the ground and uh, claimed my my new position—wow, uh, that felt like arriving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely. I think that's been my my moment so far.
1: Very Bye. cool, nice. <laughs> All right, so on our next episode, I uh, we will be doing another career review. So. We are going to have uh, the Lord of the Underdeep. Nolan will be joining us again, so this should be a good one.
3: So, intrepid listeners, keep in touch. Let us know your questions, feedback, and even show topic suggestions. You can reach us multiple ways by checking out our website at www.oldworldpodcast.com, Twitter at Old World Podcast, and of course, Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Old World Podcast.
1: All right, and uh, while you're checking us out in the various social interwebs, be sure to hop on over to our Patreon page and support us. If you like what you're doing and want to help out, become a patron. For only a couple of dollars a month, you can help support the show and get some cool rewards, too. Check it us out at patreon.com slash oldworldpodcast.
0: Also, let us know what you think. Visit iTunes or your preferred podcast service and rate us. Every review helps us reach even more Warhammer fans. In addition, we also have a merchandise store that you can find at com slash store. Dom, if people want to contact you or seek you out on social media, where are some places people can find you? Oh, that's a really good question. I tend to hide. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the yeah, best yeah, place to. Yeah,
2: cubicle7games.com. Um, and uh, yeah, we're on uh, cubicle7 on Twitter and... Uh, um, all the other places that i've forgotten the names of um no no i, I don't i don't do a huge amount of. Stuff. i'm too busy i think that's the the thing i've come down to actually is the um obviously across yeah you know all of the, the different things that we do i barely have time to watch television honestly it's like
1: <laughs> but yes yeah. so this is lance saying good night and uh if it's too good as don would say don't let the dice get in the way <laughs>
0: mm, <nice>. absolutely <laughs> this is Matt saying as dark as the Warhammer world is the future of Woofrup is looking very bright
3: this is Steve saying goodnight and may Cubicle 7 continue its dom in its in ah. the role playing realm ah. and I just want to say congrats on, on <laughs> your guys' success and uh, we wish you guys the best
2: Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so this is Dom, uh, wishing you had something prepared to say, saying goodnight to everybody
0: as well. <laughs> this podcast and related website are completely unofficial and are not endorsed by Games Workshop Limited or Cubicle 7 Entertainment. It is intended for educational and informational purposes only. GW Games Workshop, Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, and all associated logos, illustrations, images, names, creatures, races, vehicles, locations, weapons, characters, and the distinctive likenesses thereof are registered trademarks of Games Workshop Limited, Cubicle 7 Entertainment, or their respective trademark or copyright holders. All original content of this podcast, including any audio or video information, is the intellectual property of the Old World Podcast and Crimson Tower Studios, LLC.